welcome back, Immortal X friends, or should I say welcome to the first time to God Talk on the Pod Talk. Um, I am Cody. Uh, I'm Riley. And, and I am here with Riley, who is the 97th Centivar of the Centum, coming in hot. Um, Riley, this this book opened up with um with with some dialogue from us just normally yeah which is <laughs> just the way that you and i talk to each other which is you saying i'm too old for this and me saying no i'm old you're just tired that's and right i think as soon as i read that i was like oh shit we're in for a treat um we are talking today of our long-awaited book if you cannot tell me the excitement in our voices um we were talking about jonathan hickman valeria sheedy Mardi Gracia with God's number one. Um, finally, long time coming. Fi- long time coming, Riley. We've been talking about this book since uh, since I was at Comic Con last year, and we were messaging yep. about um, this super cool announcement that we were like, "Wow, this is super vague and not revealing a lot." Which, <laughs> which turns out, um, that that announcement of uh, when the powers that be meet the natural order of things ended up being literally a description of of the heart of this issue um riley right out the gate before we get going we've been waiting for this book for a while your capsule feelings about god's number one um my capsule feelings is that this book needed to do a lot of things yeah it had to set up characters set up factions um get us ready for all of the players that are going to be kind of in and out of this title kind of Mm -hmm. set up a whole new like you know this is not an established ip yeah you know this is like some characters are coming in you know but they're not this is not an established thing this is the first appearance of our protagonists and ultimately at the end of it i think that it succeeds really well. And I'm a big fan of what it did so far. So that was Riley's capsule review. Mine is a lot simpler. Mine is this book ruled. Uh, This is great. Um, This is great from, from beginning to end. Um, I, I was so impressed with this. I think, um, you know, being in this business, as long as we have, uh, we've, we've read a lot of issue ones. Um, Some (laughs) of them are phenomenal. Some of them are like, tragically forgettable um and there's a lot that are in between um what a show what Mm -hmm. a show from the beginning um this did what i feel like the eternals movie wanted to do Mm -hmm. where it within the within the pages of this first book we have been introduced to cosmic and scientific forces that feel right at home in the marvel universe while also being something so uniquely fresh and new i do not think it feels gimmicky i do not think it feels like a cash grab i love that this is not tied to any movie or anything else whatsoever um there is not a loki or time variance authority cameo there is nothing that feels like synergetic for the sense of shilling. It, it exists by itself. And this is, this is Jonathan Hickman at his best. 
Um, if this sounds dear listener, like I am doing an overly positive, like bit, um, I might be loopy because I donated blood while reading this, but um, I I was really impressed with this from from start to finish. Um, I think it did all those things while also like completely subverting the expectations. I love that everything that we've seen so far in like a lot of the promos all came like pretty much all came from this first issue, and what was established as the big Cubist core threat. Um, if we sound crazy, we'll explain it in a little bit more, like kind of got resolved all in issue one. And then it just set up that this felt like a really good pilot that set up endless possibilities for where this book could go. Yeah. I think there's, you know, I, I agree with everything you said. I think it should be noted, you know, something I was thinking about was for a person who listens to us talk often, much of our, much of our podcast is kind of centered around Jonathan Hickman's work. And that you and I are obviously huge fans and we talk very positively about it the majority of the time. You know, he's constantly popping up references to books that he's written and all that stuff. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is like we're able to explain why we love his stuff so much. Um, And I think so much of what you said is right. Like it doesn't shill. It doesn't um, seek to. Uh, to give you a whole bunch of things that are going to make you feel good because, you know, MCU and the way that it lines up and whatever, this is a super original, like, um, I, my favorite stories are the ones that feel really lived in, right? The ones that feel real, um, sometimes gritty. And from what the issue establishes, like, I can buy that these two factions, these ancient factions have been around forever secretly taking care of you know day-to-day threats that are not necessarily as visible as something like the avengers would take care of yeah right that they've existed underground that their secret societies existing maybe outside what you'd call the universe right um and they've been handling these you know these threats that doom the universe or doom the world you know i think it's cool man it's it's a cool concept it's very cool sci-fi ideas um and it works for me you know it doesn't seem like you know the the question that i have of course as like a you know i like i like realism and and just my brain goes to well if they're so ancient where were they all this time you know what i mean and if you can get a pilot issue to get me to not really care about that and just be willing to buy in and say like you know, like, I'm just, I'm just so interested in what this does next that I'm willing to like, forego the whole, well, where were the powers that be during the incursions then? You know what I mean? And so like, yeah, that pops into my brain. Sure. Because, you know, that's just the way that, you know, new stories work, you know, but I was so interested in seeing where this goes next and what more are you going to tell me next issue about these ancient factions and how they meet and how they battle and why they are so at odds with each other and all of that stuff that I don't care about the the realism or whatever like I just want to invest more into where this ride's going to take me you know I think, um, yeah and on that note too like we read a lot and I just know even as you and I have tried to bring more and more people into the reading fold and people are like, hey, I want to listen to your podcast, but I like, I, I don't know what to read to catch up. 
to like what you're reading currently. Um, we were hoping that this was going to be a great jumping on point, and I, I think it is. Um, I think so too. I, I'm, I'm very excited to hand this book out to to the same friends that I uh, like passed out House and Powers to. Like, like I think back to when I first gave you House and Powers right after you had finished um, Hickman's Avengers, I'm like, this would have fit right in. And even yeah. if you had not read anything else, like you would be able to jump in and kind of have a gauge for if this was something you wanted to or not. While at the same time, like I guarantee all your questions that you just had, Riley, about where were they during the incursions or what about like, those are going to be answered. Those, mm. those are going to be touched on like, even just the casual, essentially like needle drops or name drops of other places or events or just subtly things that that like Hickman and Co. have done in other stories. Like there's this whole monologue where um, Wong meets up with Wynn and Dimitri and asks, where have you been? And Dimitri ra- like rambles off where they've been and it, they're just casually mentioning not just like Jotunheim, but also Sevelith from other worlds. And that's featured heavily in Ten of Swords. And it's like, we're reading that. You and I are probably able to share a laugh as they're talking about the, the vampiric individuals of Sevelith. But it's like, Leslie hasn't read this yet. I'm very excited to get her on like the pod very soon uh, to talk about this with us. But it's like, she's going to read those and she's like, she's going to be totally fine. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be more flavor text that colors the world yeah. versus like needing the encyclopedic understanding that reading like X books sometimes feels like. Totally agreed. And that's what I mean. Like, that's just another thing. Yeah. Like this, this issue had to accomplish a um, great many tasks, you know, one of them being it needs to be accessible to new readers, you know, that like, you don't want to isolate a potential like readership if they haven't read a ton of stuff and have an encyclopedic knowledge of all of the things that are going on, you know? And so for folks like you and I, and maybe some listeners out there who read a ton of comics and know a lot about Hickman's Avengers run or his, the, the current ongoings of the X-Men universe and, and whatever, like we get to share a couple of like fun chuckles, like, dude, I love that they're referencing this, but for a new reader, who's just like, I've seen advertisements for this series in like everything for the last like six months on on the marvel instagram accounts on the marvel x account like it's it's been everywhere yeah and i think that's another that's just another success in you know um, this book has to do so many things and it is successful in that it is totally approachable for somebody brand new and it also has some things to just make you and I laugh and yeah. get us to be excited about cameos or name drops or just things that may not matter so much in the grand scheme, but you and I have great fun as we read it, you know? Um, yeah, I think it succeeds in so many ways. And I really appreciate that about this book. You know, some of the, one of the things that, um, you know, I was reading online. So generally what I do with a, a book like this one that I've been anticipating for a while is I will read it and then I will kind of flip back through and skim some things and kind of like formulate what things I like or dislike about this and like what things would I want to talk about where we recording. Yeah, yeah. You know, and kind of try to cement my own thoughts and things. 
And once I've kind of got a clear idea of how I feel about this issue or whatever, then I'll go online and just kind of, in general, what are people saying about this issue? You know, go on Reddit threads and things. And um, a criticism that I, I saw today that was very interesting to me was that um, there are, there's some out there that aren't a huge fan of this issue as a first issue because it doesn't strike them as hard as house of x issue one and part of me understands that because house of x issue one is just such a like punch in the face of like wow that was striking you know but on the other hand the x-men are something that most people have an established yeah. idea no right? i think and i think like, that's what it's like house of house of x is so striking because you are seeing these philosophies and characters that are at odd or or at elevations that we've never seen them before right and, and when and you it, have yeah. a character like magneto who let's say for a person who has seen the films only and hasn't spent time reading a lot of things when you see someone like magneto giving the monologue the way that he does in house issue one and he's working with xavier and all of these things it is so striking in how strange it is and how just like boldly different it is right but the thing that is different about this book is that we don't know who win is yeah at all you know none of this is established you know this might be your first intro to the library of worlds and you might not know very much about dr strange and what this dude is up to you know and so you have to really establish a lot of stuff so on one hand i understand that perhaps this issue isn't a, a like a jolt of lightning in the same way that house of x issue one is but at the same time there seems to be um that seems to almost be an unfair comparison to i me. think i think it's a super unfair comparison and it's one of those where it's like i think especially after we just finished hickman's ultimate invasion last week and something that you and i openly critiqued was that it 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 ended up not being a full story mm -hmm. it ended up it ended up being a prologue and it ended up being something that over four issues it took its time it slowly fed stuff out in a way where if you are reading house and powers for the first time and you are not putting together the whole story like that was a rule book that was a guidebook that was a that was a set of of what this was going to be there's there's some narrative punches in that book that that wreck you and I a lot Mm -hmm. But that first issue, that first issue is a is a is a prologue to a Nolan film. Mm -hmm. It is it is not a story yet. It is planting the seeds of what's happening. But like yeah. I, I would I would challenge someone to propose like an actual emotional beat story, especially in that first issue. Sure. And that's yeah. why it is so good, but it's so obtuse. Like that yeah. is a hard text. Like that is a text where thank God that was all that was in that first issue. Because if that mm -hmm. came with house and powers together, like that would be a hard sell. I agree. And Versus, you know, to, yeah. to use your, you know, your um, Nolan comparison, I feel like house of X issue <laughs> one is very much like a, a kick from inception. It's yeah. very much a like dunk you underwater and say like, you know, snap you into this whole like, whoa, okay, what the hell was that?
kind totally. of situation versus like you know i have to introduce you to all these things and we're gonna throw you into yeah, a bunch of yeah. emotional beats and whatever like it house of x has to accomplish certain things and those things are vastly different mm -hmm. i think from what god's issue one needs to do and so, i think what god's um, issue one like it needs to do those things but it also like it i think it it tells it tells a story i think i know that hickman mm -hmm. gets a lot of crap for his character sometimes just feeling cold and just mm -hmm. like these philosophical mouthpieces that feel more mm -hmm. like kind of statuesque archetypes um these were characters yeah. um the win and aiko having conversations about their failing marriage you know is surrounded in this lore but like that's at the heart of this book at the heart of this book is like is a failed marriage where they essentially one chose career over love and the yeah. other is not willing to let that go and we're seeing on his side of things why he doesn't think this matters because even right. though he's going against an impossible task we see how he's operated truly in the shadows and still is able to kind of carry on this like just honestly almost like not han solo but kind of like liquid luck attitude of just sort of like falling into where he needs to be versus his ex-wife who is on the science side of things and is proceeding at everything a very different way and it's just like you don't see that from him all the time mm -hmm. you don't see this this emotional story throughout and i just i i think i was i was very impressed by the emotionality of this story and i think we, I, I think it was duggan a few weeks ago who even posted something he's like this is hickman's most like personal book yet and i i can i can see why after reading this first issue i agree and uh, honestly um one of the biggest blaring neon flashing ideas that i was thinking about as i finished the issue was again going back to the original tagline that seems so cryptic upon hearing it a year and a half away from the first issue coming out you know what happens when the powers that be meet the natural order of things right and we're like oh cool like what does that mean you know wild and then we find out that those are actual names of factions yeah, which totally. was cool but then another layer that struck me is that you have two characters one from each faction and so another piece of the onion i think here is what happens when you have the powers that be one character meeting the natural order of things the other you know and it's like it, in in a way i wonder if this tagline will in time be proven to represent a love story as well i think um, so i i think that it's that tagline is truly at least for what it feels right now like the the thesis of the book i obviously yeah. feel like there's a there's a second one that's going on with how people like Dr. Strange and Reed Richards view the world. And I'm guessing that is not the last that we will see of them in these mm -hmm. books. But <laughs> I really do like the idea that essentially you are taking the idea of the heart and the head and, and showing two characters. And it looks like two organizations. And obviously like it is called, it is called gods. Like we are already referencing people like the living tribunal and eternity and order and all of these things that like 
it seems like Wynn is the physical avatar of those. And like, I know Hickman in early interviews said he's like, I wanted to do, I want to do to Marvel what Gaiman did with Sandman to DC. Like, this seems like a pretty good start. I think so. Um, and I liked that some of the some of the dialogue almost feels like it a character like pointing something at someone else. And and the example that I have for you is this as we kind of reset the scene that we opened the book with. And that comes back and Wynn gives his full monologue versus just the, the beginning piece of it. You know, he's, I'm disenchanted with the idea of, you know, all of this stuff, you know, um, people don't care about good and evil anymore. We just want to make it through this next thing, no matter what the cost is, right? And he says, if it costs their soul, then so be it. And the thing that immediately strikes me is the same that probably struck you is that Stephen Strange literally sold his soul in Hickman's Avengers yeah. in order to try to stop an incursion from happening, you know, and ultimately, sure, it works, but not because Stephen sold his soul to do it. It's it's Stephen making that sacrifice in order to survive the day, ultimately, is what it comes down to, right? So it's almost like he's kind of going against like what Stephen Strange has already done. You know what I mean? Like it seems very direct at that, you know, that there's a there's a moment in yeah. time that, that is going back to. Um on that same note though, like what I loved about that is that's definitely that is how it the book opens up and it mm -hmm. ends on that same page. And then he flipped the page and instantly like it takes the piss out of itself and it deflates mm. it because he gives this whole monologue about good and evil and how maybe it doesn't matter or maybe it does. And then his ex-wife kisses him to thank him for saving her life. And he's like, eh, but who knows? And it's like, I think that that is something that is so fun where to me, that almost seems like the promise of this book is, Hey, like we're going to deal with these heavy things that you know me for. We're going to deal with these heavy things that like have defined my Marvel career, but also like, these characters are fun. These characters are weird. And like, I, I don't think, I don't think, I think there's going to be a few times really where I can, I can feel it right now. Like, I'm curious if you and I are going to end up on opposite sides of some issues of like me being like, that was actually, that was a really good, like, that was a funny moment. Like I liked that it deflated the tension. And I've, I'm wondering if you're going to be like, like they undercut what could have been the most epic page that we've ever had yeah i mean maybe i think like, that's very possible um i liked what these two pages showed about his character me too you know again i can go back to just how successful this this first issue is in all of the facets that it has to be successful in one of them is why should we give a shit about this new character do you give a you shit know? about him i do you know <laughs> and the and one of the reasons is he gives this huge hefty monologue about he's just disgruntled and disenchanted and how he's, you know, like 21st century Harrison Ford, yeah. you know, and immediately after gets a smooch and everything's great again. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. And it just it shows like it gives us an idea of who this character is, you know, like, yeah, he's lofty and larger than life with all of these ideas and how disenchanted he is and whatever. But maybe not. At the and same time, you know, he also for... has a great traveling companion. He does. Um, I was yeah. also super stoked on Dimitri. I love Dimitri's how so 
how literal he took things. I love how they kind of gave him almost like a booster gold Pokedex, like a little, mm-hmm. like a little computer um, to, yeah. to help us out as well. Um, I thought that was a really smart device. Um, I, yeah, I like it. I, I feel like you can already see the promise of what these are, but also knowing Hickman and how he likes to focus on these different characters. Like I, I am very okay if we do not see them for a few issues. And if we sure. get more stories now from the other side, from the scientific side of how um, Aiko's organization runs. And I'm fine right. if in a few weeks after that, like, I hope we see what Cubist core is up to now, now that he's been stopped. And who is this guy? Like, I just, um, I feel like introducing this cast of characters the way that it was, was just, um, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm, I am, I'm so, so high on this book. Um, yeah, yeah, this, uh, this was, this was great. This was really, this is really solid stuff. I like Dimitri having multiple moments where he's just crapping on win. Yes. Like, I really like that a lot because I would, it would feel very samey if it was like, Wynn is an idiot. Yeah. Who's constantly doing stupid things, you know, and it doesn't seem that way. You know, he's not an idiot. He's very capable. He has plans, you know, and he's clearly very skilled at what he's doing, even if it looks like nonsense to everyone else. Right. Yeah. And then I like that his companion isn't an idiot either, but he's a little bit like lighter on things and he's willing to like shit on his boss, essentially. And just kind of like there are multiple pages in which Wynn is kind of just glaring at him as he goes on a giant ramble. And it's super amusing. And again, our moments where we can gather a lot of information about who these two brand new characters are. I really enjoy that. It's great. It's it was it was very exciting. I'm also just want to call out that I feel like Valeria Shitty was the perfect choice for this book. Um I I have liked his work for a long time, but I feel like yeah. these new characters, like it is very cool seeing his like defining look on them from the beginning. Um this this was a beautiful book. Um, to read and and to like flipping through it again I think I've ended up reading it twice now too it's just um there's some cinematic shots there's some stuff like I feel like this is I I loved what Shidi did on um Judgment Day me too um and the stuff that he did on his um Inferno issues but like I I feel like this is his new calling card like this is this is such a display of his ability yeah and I'm so thankful that he is the creative partner. I agree. And that he's not just the guy who's doing the first few issues that from the beginning, it was always his name on things that he was the designer of these characters. You know, what are they going to look like? I like that it's an equal part, his vision. I I really appreciate that a lot. Some of the books that you and I love, especially like our creator owned titles that we love, whether that's, uh, saga or east of west like they're those duo collaborations together that just feel so it 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 traps you in the world even more i mean honestly it's the same thing with 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 house and powers and mm-hmm. the, the the artist that hickman works with on that where it's like when you can get that level of consistency it's it's just it's gorgeous work and i'm i agree yeah every page yeah. of this book is just like could be a poster 
Yeah, and you know, on on the note, as we we talk about visually how striking this is, I think you and I have always really appreciated Marte Gracia's work. Um, the colors are just beautiful. The colors yeah, are beautiful. Like, it, they're beautiful. I love yeah. all the purples. You know, the purples and the greens. The it's just it's a very beautiful book. Not only the art and the pencils and all of that stuff, but like the colors are visually striking. I really just enjoy looking at it. I don't need to read it for a third time right now, but I might just flip through the book later and just it's, like it's, it's really it's flip through. Look at. Yeah, it is a it's going to be a very easy to flip through book. Um, yeah, multiple times. Um, yeah, man. Another I thing, yeah. Go ahead. Another thing that I really enjoyed upon reading it for the first time and kind of you know I, I'm trying to take in the story and the art is you know important and whatever but it's a little bit secondary to try to just follow what's happening in the story is you know we've never um we've never experienced a Babylon event before this is a new thing and so to me I'm thinking to myself well how big of a deal is this you know what I mean? Like Babylon event means nothing to me yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And so how are you going to get me to buy into the idea that it's, it's so earth shattering that we need to be really concerned about what's happening right now. Right. Um, and I think one of the ways that it does that is with the characters that get thrown into background scenes, yeah. you know, yes. on one hand, you know, I still maintain that this book is not just chilling. It's not trying to get you and I to just be like, oh, look who's here, you know, but to rather give you the idea that a Babylon event is such a massive problem that you have people like Reed Richards and Dr. Doom working against this problem without a second's thought or hesitation, you know, that you literally have Reed and Dr. Doom on the same page together in this meeting fighting this thing together you know like it's not a thing like yeah. it this is so important that it's above any feud that we might have any shared history we might have you have so many illuminati members in this which could possibly come into play one day right you have characters from shield which is one of the things i've been so excited about seeing you know yeah. i love hickman shield series it is so bonkers and so to see not only Nikola Tesla pop up in his night machine, you know, design mm -hmm. the way that he existed back in 2010. Yeah. Right. But also a character that I think could possibly be Leonardo da Vinci. Like maybe unless it's just a dude who looks similar with the the beard and the hair and, and whatever yeah. but like it could potentially be leonardo da vinci so it's just with all of these characters that you're throwing in you know amadeus cho and uh clea and just so many others i buy it it doesn't feel to me like uh look who's here get me excited kind of situation it feels like a that's how big a deal this is like everyone like we're calling in all the big guns to try to stop this thing i you know? agree i yeah. like it i do too i'm i can't wait i can't wait to see what happens next i think this just jumped to like by yeah i'm 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 so excited to read this every month um, I, I cannot wait. Um, I, I still can't believe that we are living in 
a world where we are going to get this and uh, a Hickman Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. While still like reaping the benefits of Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red and Duggan's mm-hmm. X-Men. Like, like, I'm like, we're... I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about, and to speak I'm... nothing about Immortal Thor. Oh, to speak which nothing, could potentially yeah. have like, you know, yeah. Could these end up coming together at any point? Cameos, perhaps. Know. You know, like if this really ends up being as expansive a book as we think it could be, it is just very interesting to think of how far this could reach into other series and how much. Uh, these series could work together yeah you know? i'm i'm very excited um yeah i i really don't have i really don't have anything negative to say and that's like like that's not me just trying to like i don't think i'm riding the hype train either i think this was just such a breath of fresh air um especially i just feel like we've been reading some really cool stuff lately and a I way agree. in a way where like I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of titles that we've just kind of like brushed over briefly. Um, and then there's other stuff that we're spending like 40 minutes just deep diving on because it's like that impactful. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I can, I can recommend this enough. I got a few texts today um, from, from other friends who I like recommended this book months ago that they're like, Oh yeah. Like I've, have you heard of East of West? And I'm like, Oh, have I? Or like, just other friends that I was talking to ultimate invasion about that, like sent pictures of them getting their copy. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to have some good, some good follow along. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess my big shout out uh, is, is just like, let, let us know, like, let us know if you're reading gods, we, we want to, we want to talk with you about it. We want to celebrate about it. I have not seen it over a lot of other channels. Yeah. Um, I've not really seen this book book shouted about. Um, we, I guess, I guess we'll be the ones to shout it. Um, please, please talk with, talk about us with it on, on immortal X friends, social media. Um, yeah. thanks. Thanks again to, uh, to gauge for, for doing our awesome intro music and gauge. I'm going to get you a copy of gods. I think that's the least I can do for, for your music. And I think you would super dig this. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I have a debate that I'd like to bring up with you. Uh Oh, okay. I don't think I think though I do have a negative to say about this. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's actually not what you think. I, I have no idea what it is. So it really isn't what I think. I think that there is a legitimate argument to be made against the price point of this book of, of $10. I, actually, I didn't I think that that's what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I think that I do not regret a cent yeah. of buying a $10 issue one. Yeah. However, I think that there will be a significant population of comic readers that are excited to read this book that will not read it until a trade comes out because of the price point. So I think I don't understand the intricacies of comic production and how much it costs to create a book, especially one that's over 60 pages, you know, that's almost three issues in one. But I think ultimately for the amount of advertising and pushing this issue and um, 
you know, sticking win in different places in the last like six months that have happened. I think it is a little bit of a shame to know that there are so many people out there that are going to be like, $9.99 for one issue is way too much. Like there's just no way that I'm I'm willing to do that. You know, so I think, you know, without having any kind of expertise into yeah. how much it costs to produce an issue this large to um, you know, all of the art that goes into it and just the the whole thing. I do think that ultimately there's going to be a large portion of the comic population that's going to say, I'll just wait for the first trade, which is probably eight months from now or so. And by then the whole first arc of this, this series will be ending and hopefully this will be sold well enough to be a continuing thing. But that's, that's something that struck me a few times in the yeah. last week or so, knowing that this is coming, like, are people going to be willing to buy this thing with its price point? And hopefully it won't be anything near $10 an issue going forward. I'm sure. Yeah, it won't I don't, be. I don't think it will be. I, I am curious to see what that looks like. Um, my, my zoom recording is going to kick us off in a minute. Um, I okay. think that it is, it is three issues. Like, mm. and I'm, I'm so glad that this came out in one. I do think that it's a steep price to ask for. Um, I, I am curious what that was. And I, I don't know. I like you said, I'm I don't know what that what that is or why that is. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm guessing it's gonna be regular price and regular pacing going forward. I also am really curious to see how long this book will last. Yeah, me um, too. Because I could see it having an expiration date of six issues, of twelve issues, and that's nothing to do with the quality and more to do with what they want it to move on to next. Thank you everyone for tuning in this week. Riley and I still had a lot uh, that we read that we didn't get to talk about this evening. Uh, but we're excited to continue to catch up on everything that's happening with the fall of X along with um, our long awaited and requested review of Immortal 4 uh, coming up in the following few weeks. Uh, we're also going to have a few kind of mini episodes that are coming out uh, with a few of the other X friends in our life. Uh, obviously our main thing, read comics, check comics out, but Uh, We're both really excited to kind of take a look at some of our other interests, uh, some of our other, uh, (laughs) obviously, honestly, like the nerds in our life um, and kind of kind of branch out a little bit. So we'll have a few more kind of flavor mini episodes coming really soon. I know I gave him a shout out earlier, but uh, once again, thank you to Gage Cornwell uh, for our rockin' intro and outro music that you'll hear again in just a few moments. Um, Please follow us on social media at Immortal X Friends on Instagram. Um, drop us a line send us a follow let us know what you think let us know that our takes are really dumb and that we are just a bunch of uh, hickman man baby fanboys so uh we can't wait to be back we love talking about this book um say what's up free comics bye